Welcome to Leadership is in Session, powered by Athena Communications. This special series features some of Milwaukee's most distinguished leaders. They'll share how they overcame challenges, developed their skills, and achieved success, so you can gain insight and inspiration. And now, Leadership is in Session. Well, good morning and welcome. Today we have the distinct uh, privilege of being with our friend, Dr. Alonzo Kelly. Uh, for many of you know Dr. Kelly, he is a coach, he is a professor, he is an author, uh, he is also the founder of the Kelly Leadership Group, and most importantly, he is a friend of Athena Communications. So welcome, Dr. Kelly. We are so happy to be with you this morning. How are you? I am doing well. Let me let me say good morning, good afternoon, good night. Whoever is listening to this, whenever you are listening to this, it is both an honor and a privilege to be invited to serve you and to partner with my friends at Athena Communications on this topic. Excellent. So as you know, Dr. Kelly, we have asked you to be with us today to speak about leadership, leadership through your lens. You are an expert in sharing your journey uh, with all of the good people that you serve, and you talk a lot about purpose and growth and evolution. Why is that important? Well, language is important to me. I believe in my experience, the more explicit I can be in my communication in the words that I use, likely I am to predict behavior or expected outcome. And something I mean by that is, since we are in a learning space, I do find it to be important to acknowledge that there are six modalities of learning. Read, write, listen, speak, think, and role play. Read, write, listen, speak, think, and role play. And what I am finding in these conversations rooted in the concept of leadership is some of us by default lead in our strength or preferred way of learning. So some of us send a lot of memos. We like to write things down because if you send me a memo, I got it. Or some of us uh, read the memo, but I still need that conversation. And then I got it. Or maybe you're the person who you attended the meeting, you listened, you were invited to participate. And then at the end, the leader says, does anybody have any questions? And nobody raises their hand. It is not because I do not have any questions. It's because, you know, I remember my mom always saying things when I would fire a bunch of questions at her. She'd say, boy, can you just give me a minute to think about it? Some of us need a minute to think about it. Even though I was in that meeting, if you are just patient with me, I find learning when I'm allowed to digest what you shared. And then if you bring me back, I bet I got a lot of questions. And then finally, I will give a lot of love to the last one, role play. It's at this point, for those of us old enough to remember, I will quote the immortal philosopher Mike Tyson. It was Mike Tyson who said, everybody's got a plan till you get punched in the face. We have these leadership meetings. We offer all these tips and tricks and clever phrases. 
and we have fun with it in the meeting. But then in real time, when you need it, you never practiced that. So you're getting hit at the moment and your plan is not helping you get through the moment. That's how I show up to these conversations. It's uh, being explicit in language, intentional in our thinking and delivery. How do you go about the fact that you may have, you may be not aligned, the person you're trying to work with. If I am a person who, for instance, likes to take notes and send off questions, I've sent you an email and your preferred style is not to receive the information in that way. How do you make that a successful personal or professional relationship when the stakes are high? I appreciate the question. And in my experience, the, the thing that works best is not being selfish about it. And here's what I mean by that. I'm a huge fan of authentic inquiry. And I'll use your phrase, particularly when the stakes are high. So there is a cadence I recommend we all embrace. It is a huge fan of Cite Your Sources. Over 5 million copies sold ago. <laughs> there was something written, uh, Crucial Conversations, Tools for start Talking When the Stakes Are High. The cadence, the way that I have embraced it, would go like this. Here's my understanding of what it is you want. Here's what I want. This is what it sounds like we both want. Let's have the conversation we both want. I feel like when I lead or share information in my learning style and my strength at that point more important for me to know what the other person is understanding me to say than repeating what i said in a funny till it's not funny way many of us have memorized lyrics to a song and have no idea what the song is about i think we can all memorize words and if you ask me in that meeting to tell you what i said i will tell you what you said it does not mean i understand what you mean if you send me a memo in your strength that is clear to you you may want to check in with me to see if i am understanding what you mean the way that i received it or even if your learning style is right some of us are in meetings where someone will write down every single word we said. And I will look at them and I'll wonder, how are you listening to me when you're writing? On the other side of that, with humility, and this is what my mom would say to me all the time, she'd say, she'd say, boy, there are only two people in the room, the one who is humble and the one who's about to be. I would be standing in front of the class as the professor and I would have students show up to class with nothing to write with. And that used to bother me and I would find that to be disrespectful until I was humbled. I was about to be right. I'm doing grades. For the most part, we're never writing anything down. We're getting better grades than the people who were writing down every single word. This is why, why I say it's selfish. It requires me to let go of me look at the other person and be clear and check in. Here's what I'm understanding is happening. Here's my understanding of the resources you need to complete that task. Here's what I'm upset about. Here's what I want. These are the resources I need in order to get my goal accomplished. And then the most beautiful part, here's what it sounds like we both want. 
Here's what it sounds like we're both upset about. Here's what it sounds like we both need to accomplish a goal. Let's have that conversation. For those that are visual like me, whether you can see me or not, like I talk with my hands and I've got this Venn diagram thing going on in my head, two circles that are meeting and we're having the conversation where they both meet. And you talk a lot about critical conversations. That is at the heart of what so many of us are trying to do right now. And we're not always successful. Can you walk us through how we can be better at that with, say, somebody who is diametrically opposed to what we think or feel or believe? The premise of a crucial conversation is that it's a spirited, my words, not theirs, a spirited debate or a highly charged conversation that contains three things high stakes, strong emotions, and opposing opinions. High stakes. It feels as if there is a winner and a loser. High stakes. Strong emotions. I am bothered. You are bothered. It is moved beyond indifference. Our emotions and our feelings are present and they matter. And then opposing opinions. I think it's blue, you think it's red, (laughs) I say right, you say left. All three of those components are contained in the conversation. It is at that point we must pause. And we have to start with, are we having a crucial conversation? Just because it's crucial to one person does not mean it is crucial to both. For example, if if we're going to talk sports, I am originally from Detroit, Michigan. I love my Detroit Lions. When the Green Bay Packers play the Detroit Lions, there is nothing about that game that's a crucial conversation to me. It is not a high stakes, strong emotion, opposing opinion, conversation in any way, shape, or form. However, in my experience, that is not how Packers see their team on Sundays. (laughs) Or where should we eat tomorrow? may or may not be crucial to both parties. And so this is where I feel like sometimes it gets frustrating for people because they believe it's crucial to them. They by default believe it's crucial to both. It's got to be crucial to both. When we have agreed this high stakes, strong emotion, opposing opinion conversation is happening. It is at that point that the cadence begins. If you think about it, whatever you're upset about, you're not going to forget. So this is more about the other person. You have to let go of what you're upset about to be clear and understand listening. This is what I'm understanding you're upset about. This is what I'm understanding is bothering you. This is what I'm understanding you to say explains what that person does or how you see those people behave. Anytime you put in things like those people, crucial conversation. But I have to let go to pay attention to them. And and if we can figure out how to start the conversation, I believe we have an amazing chance to have a full conversation. And if we start it appropriately, I'm not a good, bad, right or wrong person. Let's agree to start it in the most appropriate manner. Here's where I start with that question. What is my understanding of the difference between empathy, sympathy, and compassion? 
too many of us in my experience are using empathy at a time where empathy may not be the appropriate term. I will say upfront with the way that I understand empathy, it does not mean I have to have had the same experience. If I were to share with you, I spent a decade in foster care. I do not know how you would empathize with that in terms of my experience. So the best you can do is imagine if the problem is we create a crucial conversation. If you believe going to 10 different summer camps and making new friends is the same as having nine new families over 10 years. As a leader, I do believe we have to understand the difference. When does this conversation require empathy of me or the ability to listen and understand the emotion? Sympathy. If you look up sympathy, you know, there's this expression of sorrow. And I always tease people all the time, like, I can buy sympathy cards at the gas station. I have never bought an empathy card from the gas station, though. In fact, I've never bought an empathy card ever. It's an expression of something, which on the surface is loving until maybe the other person does not welcome you feeling sorry for them. So sometimes sympathy, though expressed lovingly, may not be what this person needs. Compassion. Not only do is it not necessary you understand my emotion, nor is it necessary you apologize for the circumstance I'm in. But if I'm homeless, if, if you could just give me your extra sandwich, that's all I need. I need compassion. Can you give me that day off? Can you give me five more minutes? If you give me an extension, I will give you something better than what is due in the time frame you gave. Understanding all the things I'm balancing. Compassion does not automatically need empathy or sympathy. And then I go back to why I believe language is so important. These conversations require mental, physical, psychological, emotional, for some spiritual stamina and endurance. And we are not all in game shape for crucial conversations. This is a stamina and endurance conversation. How do we get in game shape for that? So the way that I understand the difference between stamina and endurance, stamina, the way I understand it, is the ability to engage in something for a prolonged period of time. Endurance requires some sort of duress. So a cross-country runner and a tough mutter runner are two different kinds of runners. <laughs> One's on the road for 10 straight miles. The other was over the river and through the woods and in the mud for 10 straight mile. So how do you get in game shape for that? For one full week, avoid agree to disagree. There would be no such thing as agree to disagree because the minute we agree to agree to disagree, I am preparing myself. I am psychologically arming myself for the next time I see you. You should never give me a break. <laughs> we could step away from the conversation for a minute when it appears that neither of us are listening and we agree to jump right back into it. That's stamina. 
We'll stay in this conversation as long as we need to. And endurance, we will navigate the strong emotions we're both having until we both finish together. Easier said than done. That is for sure. (laughs) Over 5 million copies sold. That's why. (laughs) I hear you. So another thing I want to talk about, you use a lot of animals when you speak. In fact, right now I am looking at an image behind you of a rhino. Why do you use animals as metaphors? I appreciate the question. So if I use the tenets, if you will, of a crucial conversation as written, what you will find is they recommend you step out of a conversation. When you get stuck, you step out of it. You have a different conversation to see if you can make a point using something that's not so highly charged and then step back into it. And for me, I have found nature to be one of the greatest teachers I have ever had because it requires me to listen and observe. I do not speak rhino. However, there are a lot of things about the behavior of a rhinoceros, for example, that is teaching me about me and my approach to others. So a rhinoceros is very blind. It can barely see. What is interesting about that is when a rhino is not sure what that is moving, it's fight or flight to the point that it's embarrassing. A rhinoceros will charge a tree swaying in the wind. And we are all looking at that thing like, I can't believe it just ran into a tree. And I think about that for me, when I cannot make out or understand what is happening If I aggressively go charge this thing and it's a brick wall, that is not a good look. (laughs) (laughs) Or like even not just animals, just like, well, I'll give you another animal. Both a rhino and a cheetah are built for speed. A rhinoceros is not slow and a cheetah is not fast. They are both built for speed. And what that teaches me is each of us will move at a pace that works for us, that allows for us to get it right the first time. It's a reminder to me as a leader. It's a reminder for me in a crucial conversation that because I have the ability maybe to express my feelings or make a point faster does not mean the other person does not know how to do it. They are moving at a pace that works for them, just like a rhino and cheetah. So they're both built for speed. I bet you wouldn't smack a rhino and think you're going to run away. It will run as fast as it needs to for as long as it needs to for what it's built to be running from. And so will a cheetah. There is no I'm better than this than you are or worse than this at you are. It requires us to give ourselves permission to have this conversation at a pace that works for us to be clear and respectful the first time. I love that. Clear, respectful the first time. Get it right. Get it right. I think that's where mama said, she would say, boy, if you do not have the time to do it right, when will you have the time to do it over, which usually takes twice as long? The parallel to that is I could have this conversation in a reckless manner, but now I have to have it again while also taking twice as long holding myself accountable for the reckless things I said. That conversation is twice as long. Or how about I, we just get it right the first time? 
wise words from Dr. Alonzo Kelly, our friend. Thank you, Dr. Kelly, for being with us today. We always appreciate you. Thanks for giving us so much to think about. And we look forward to seeing you again soon. Loving it. Humbled by the call to serve. Have fun with it, everybody. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Leadership is in Session, powered by Athena Communications. Be sure to catch all eight enlightening episodes. And don't forget to connect to On the Edge of Equity with Tammy Belton Davis, available wherever you get your podcasts.